Hey guys, it's Jasmine here. Happy Wednesday. This is Therapeutic Convo with Jasmine here. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. And I hope, hope you guys are managing this pandemic the best you can. I know right now it's stressful times, you know, a bunch of uncertain times right now. But out of all of this, I hope all of you guys are doing the best that you can with what you have. So you guys, today's topic I wanted to focus on because I wanted to focus on this topic because the holidays are coming up. You know, the holidays are coming up and this can be a very joyful and triggering time of year for many. You know, many of us may be traveling home, interacting with family and friends or just avoiding them all together. You know, I kind of want to talk about some helpful tools to help you manage the stress and the tri- the triggers associated with the holidays or whatnot. So we really can't control, you know, how other people behave. We can control how other people act and we can't control the things that people say or what, you know, but what we can do is control ourselves, right? And learning to have control of our emotional well-being and inner peace. So in this podcast, I wanted to focus on you know, different helpful tips or tools, you know, to manage the stress or triggers that comes along with, you know, interacting with some of those triggering people that is out of your control or whatnot. You know, if you grew up in a family, your family of origin, not saying everybody is like a bad family, but usually, you know, I, you know, usually, um, you know, we can't, we don't choose our families, right? And we can't control that part. So we can't control sometimes, you know, who we come into contact in our family or sometimes even our friend circles that may be triggering to us. So I wanted to talk about some things that may be helpful to interact with someone that you can't avoid, right? I mean, you can avoid them, but to a certain extent, if you are going to, you know, be interacting with your family, I mean, pretty much they're there or you know, and I just want to be able to equip you guys with some helpful tools, you know, to manage, you know, your own emotional well-being and inner peace when you're in those triggering situations. So guys, so let me tell you, for those of you who don't know, a trigger is pretty much anything that contributes to unwanted emotional or behavioral responses, right? I like to do translations with my clients or, and so a translation of a trigger is like, you know, when you come into contact with someone, something, and it makes you feel a type of way, right? It kind of gets you hot, you know, it gets you bothered, or it may make you shut down. It, it makes you feel some type of way, basically, or whatnot. It has, a, it has some sort of effect on you, some sort of impact that you don't like, you know? Uh, it kind of makes you feel bothered, as they say, I'm bothered by this person's presence or whatnot. And, you know, maybe it'd be like an energy. I don't like this energy and I don't like this aura associated with this person or associated with this place or associated with this event that I'm going to. And another word I also wanted to educate you guys on is trauma. I know sometimes when we speak of trauma, I think people have this big misconception that, you know, you can't experience trauma because there's this narrative that trauma is like this big thing, right? You had to have gone to war. You had to have had some sort of traumatic, you know, accident or abuse or something like the extreme, you know, but trauma can be on a spectrum 
right? Um, trauma doesn't necessarily have to be something that we would deem to be the extreme. It could be something that, you know, it had a powerful emotional response, you know, on you as a person to a distressing event. You know, bullying is traumatic for some, right? Um, being, you know, losing a family member can be traumatic. Losing someone close to you can be traumatic. Um, going through surgery is can be extremely traumatic. Um, so those are just a range of different things that can be uh, trauma-inducing for some. It doesn't necessarily have to be something huge. It can be something seemingly as small as, um, well, seemingly smaller as, you know, constantly being told you're not good enough or, you know, feeling like you can't be successful because, you know, someone might have told you growing up that, you know, what you do is not great or is not good enough. And some of those messages that you constantly receive can invoke a traumatic uh, response, like can be distressing or whatnot, and it can impact you in the future and how you interact with others in the, in the present. Um, so when you think of trauma, I want you to more so focus on anything that might have experienced, you might have experienced that has had a big emotional response or there was a big emotional response or something that you had a difficult time coping with and it kind of filters, uh, kind of colors your worldview now, right? And how you see things and how you, relate to people. For example, one may be, uh, I don't trust men or something like that, right? Um, say I've been cheated on or something like that. Now I've developed this narrative that, you know, anytime somebody, um, I interact with a man, I'm going to get cheated on or whatnot. And, you know, I can never be at peace when I'm around a man or whatnot. And I feel like anytime I start to feel emotionally connected to someone, um, I feel maybe anxious or worried or like I withdraw or something like that. But what that informs me is that, you know, this is something that something occurred in my life that had an impact on me because it's affecting me in the present. And that's a cue or a key to indicate if something was traumatic or kind of triggering or whatnot to you. Another word I kind of wanted to explain before I start talking and getting into this topic is boundary. Boundaries are just limits and rules, right? I always tell clients to setting up expectations for how you're going to be treated and how you're going to treat others, what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow and establishing boundaries. And boundaries don't have to be set. Sometimes boundaries can be communicated without saying anything at all. For example, uh, if someone, let's see, often, I don't know, breaks my phone every time I let them use it. Um, if they reach for my phone, I may take it away or whatnot. I may say, you can't use my phone, which will be verbal. And I'll tell them why, but that's establishing boundary. Like every time you touch my phone, it so happens to break, right? Or something goes wrong. So therefore you cannot use my phone anymore. And that's a boundary that I have, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, spoken. Sometimes it could be just a boundary such as every time, uh, my associate, says that they'll do something or plans or signs up to do something, all of a sudden they have something come up or whatnot, but they're never there for me, right? Or they never, they never, hell, they never show up for themselves probably too, but that's another topic, y'all. And we'll talk about that another time. However, um, a boundary you may set, you know, you can say it. I'm always about communicating with others because sometimes people is out of their conscious awareness and sometimes people don't even have the awareness to understand. And that's when you kind of have to model for people a boundary. For example, Modeling for someone a boundary or, uh, as they say, showing them better than they can tell you, right? That's that translation again, right? Would be like not um, 
maybe not inviting them to be a part of something that you do, um, not scheduling to do anything with them. Or if you have a friend that can be a little bit, a bit much every time you guys schedule a party or you guys go somewhere, a boundary would be setting limits and rules, which would mean if you act a fool, you know, we can't invite you to the nicer places that we go to because you act a fool last time you broke glasses. And a boundary may be, well, anytime I'm going to be somewhere potentially that my friend could do something like that, I, I cannot invite them. And that's setting a boundary for because it embarrassed me or something like that, right? I'm setting boundaries not only for my friend, but also for myself because I'm not going to allow myself to experience that or whatnot and have to deal with that. So those are the words I kind of want you guys to pay attention to before I get started into this topic. Uh, so trigger, trauma, boundary, or whatnot, and expectations, you know, expectations are really kind of like, are just standards or whatnot. So guys, let's get into it. So as I've said before, I know a lot of people out there, you know, interacting with their family members and hell, sometimes their friend circles or even um, work colleagues can be triggering um, for them, right? And sometimes uh, an approach that people take when they have to interact with those people, if it's too much for them, they may avoid it. And ultimately, I don't want people to, you know, avoid things because if you're avoiding things, you aren't, you, you aren't having, you don't have the skills and tools to manage these things. And that's not healthy either. However, there are times where avoidance is appropriate, but there's levels to it, right? Avoidance wouldn't be the initial reaction to something that makes you feel a type of way or makes you feel uh, uneasy or is triggering or upsetting to you. Um, avoidance would be something that's on a higher level. You know, when I've tried all of this other stuff, um, then I'll just avoid, right? I know a lot of us out there, you know, going home for the holidays can be quite triggering because maybe you have that, I don't know, dad that speaks out of turn, right? That, that person in your family that doesn't accept you for who you are or your sexual orientation. Um, that person in your family that, you know, judges the type of career decisions that you've made or whatnot. Um, or that person in your family that was emotionally abusive to you growing up, or maybe physically abusive to you when you were growing up. So being around that person can be a bit much for you sometimes, and interacting with them can be too too consuming, right? And then sometimes we don't have the skills, so what we do is shut down and maybe avoid and just not interact with them at all. However, if you guys are going to interact with them, I want to make sure that you have the tools to make sure you're able to manage your emotional well-being in response to them. Or whatnot. You know, I understand uh, if it's abuse, psychological, um, emotional, physical abuse can be quite different. I get it. If you haven't processed that trauma, it can be re-traumatizing to even, you know, engage with that type of person, which I would not encourage that if it's something to that level. You know, of course, if you're able to manage more power to you, but I wouldn't intentionally tell someone, you know, you had a trauma experience and that's significant and that's severe to go interact with that person and just be at peace with them if you never process your own trauma and it can be potentially debilitating to you. That's not what we want. I'm talking more so along the lines of things that are more manageable, right? If you have that one elder maybe in your family, every time you go around, they have something to say, they judge every decision that you make um, or who you are as an individual and they say things out of turn, right? And out of pocket, you know, and sometimes you may engage in this back and forth with them and it ends up making you even more upset, you know, and you go into this place where you feel, you go into distress, either you, you're really angry or very, very protective is like what I like to call it because uh, our emotions are always there to protect us in some way. So maybe you get really upset, you get really sad, you get really angry, you get very frustrated or whatnot, or even you just shut down. 
you know, um, but one thing I really want to encourage you guys to do, you know, is in your, in your best efforts, you know, you have to set boundaries with people. And that's so important with family members, especially as it relates to going to places to where, you know, it's out of your control of that, you know, the person that speaks out of turn is going to be there or not, or would not, you know, if, if you're able to, even if the other person doesn't receive it, I always still encourage setting boundaries with others, right? So for example, if someone speaks to you and it makes you feel a way about that, I would encourage you to let them know, hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, accept you speaking to me in that way. You know, I'm here to talk to you. However, I will engage with you. However, if you talk to me in that manner, I can no longer engage in this conversation, right? That's a boundary there or whatnot. Another way to set a boundary, maybe somebody who speaks out of turn, you know, and talks to you crazy when you interact with them. And this is not avoidance. It's just not to engage in conversations with them, you know, that are deep or something that may be potentially triggering, triggering, excuse me, you guys. And you know, you know, we can have conversations with certain people and certain topics take a turn for the worst, you know, and maybe not even focus on those conversations. I always tell my clients, you know, have light conversations with people that you really, that don't have the emotional capacity or do not, or do not have the ability to provide emotional support or um, is aware enough um, or accountable enough to be able to engage in a conversation with, you know, difference of opinions. And sometimes you can gauge that, right? Because that's, Honestly, if you engage in stuff like that, it's like it's like self-harm to me. You know this person is going to react the way and it's going to make you feel the way and you intentionally engage in that. So I would avoid conversations altogether that you could deem or identify as triggering or hot topic conversations. Maybe focus on more life subjects, right? And that and what's within reason, which is perfectly fine. If it's something that like something that manageable, just you need to establish a boundary and let the people know that you're interacting with what is going to be and what is not going to be at the end of the day, right? Um, or if someone treats you a way in your family that you don't approve of, I mean, it's just verbalizing that and letting them know, hey, this is not cool. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow you to treat me this way or whatnot. I'm not gonna engage in this. I'm not gonna allow you to influence me or whatnot. You can verbally communicate that. Or it can be even ignoring them, if that makes sense. Ignoring the things that they say and realizing sometimes that people say things and they just are, you know, it's more so to do with them than it does, than it has anything to do with you, if that makes sense. So sometimes it's that own person stuff that is triggering some part of themselves that they need to work on, but they're using you as a way to deflect on things that they need to go take care of themselves. And I, I say that to say, sometimes it's important to realize that so you don't internalize things that people say to you. Because it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And to remember that you are an adult, you have rights. I mean, of course, my podcast is geared to adults. I don't know if there's teens out there listening. I highly doubt it. Um, but if there are, you know, awesome. Welcome to the podcast. But, um, you know, just... If, if if a person engages in, you know, just setting an expectation with those people and remembering too, sometimes the way that people interact with you has absolutely nothing to do with you and everything to do with them, right? So sometimes being able to keep that uh, duality 
in understanding and meaning can be very helpful sometimes too before you engage in it. Because I think often too, what sometimes happens is when we engage with some of our family members based on how we were raised, if something might be triggering or traumatic, we may have internalized, internalized messages about ourselves or internalized messages about them. And those messages, you know, become beliefs that we hold. And sometimes when we interact with people, we interact with people from a place of uh, beliefs, core beliefs. Now, core beliefs can be faulty. They're not always healthy, but it's important to realize that sometimes when we relate to people, we're relating to a place uh, from our core beliefs, and we can only see things through a certain lens, if that makes sense. And other people are the exact same way, right? And if you look for things, if you've internalized these messages and thoughts growing up, and they become your core beliefs, when you look through that lens, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You're going to see what you want to see, right? If you internalize a message that uh, Grandma Karen is a hateful woman, anytime you interact with her, you're only going to see things that says that Grandma Karen is a hateful woman, right? And it's not to minimize the things that people say and do, but it's also to remember just for your own self. And I say this because it's so important to help you not internalize things and disrupt your peace by remembering that no two, no one person is all things, right? Um, and that's not to minimize any things that they do or say, it's to remember that sometimes people aren't initially, they're not intentionally targeting you. It has more to do with their own stuff and their own problems. And I just don't want you guys to take that stuff in and you know, think it's about you. Because I think too, that's another time, another thing I see quite often with my clients is where they get stuck. You know, they internalize these things are these things that have been said to them or been told to them as like, this person is targeting me, right? And maybe sometimes that's the case, but more often than not, it has everything to do with this person. And another helpful thing that I like to tell my clients, sometimes we have to unburden ourselves, especially in our families and differentiate ourselves from them. For example, you have to identify, and of course it takes work, you have to identify what you think, what you believe as a person and stand firm in that. And that's just setting boundaries and expectations for yourself. Like, this is what I believe. This is where I stand, right? Anything, because sometimes what happens is sometimes we get um, bothered because we feel like someone is challenging our belief system, right? But if you hold firmly and it's healthy, your, your beliefs, then anything that anybody says to you, it should not matter. Meaning that if Aunt Karen or Grandma Karen comes to me and she treats me as if I'm not good enough. And maybe when I was a child, I felt like I wasn't good enough because of the things, the way she treated me. However, as an adult, you have the power to make the choice and decide whether or not, you know, if you're good enough and what that looks like for you and using your own measuring tool to gauge that and be able to differentiate yourself from your family. Hey, this is and identify, hey, some people in my family can be a bit toxic, right? But that has absolutely no bearing over myself. And I am not, I'm not going to get into systems, but sometimes um, families are a system, right? And, you know, groups of people are a system and they function based off of their own rules and principles or whatnot. As toxic as it may be, as faulty as it may be, that system runs and operates off of those beliefs, right? So sometimes what happens when you have a different beliefs than other people if it's in a group or a system, the system can do one or two things, right? It can grow and, it ad and adapt to accommodate that new thing or the new piece of information, or it can work to reject it. <laughs> Guys, I hate to say this, the healthier thing would be to accommodate, but more often than not, you know, that does not happen, right? And then it, it makes people feel 
you know, very disappointed. And it can be distressing to people sometimes. And I see that a lot with my clients. But the important piece is to remember, you know, you know, that's the way that system operates. That's the way that family operates. And that has absolutely nothing to do with me. Unburden yourself from the obligation of feeling like you have to submit to, you know, whatever practices that your family have, whatever beliefs, you don't have to subscribe to that. You can do something different. And I always say unburden yourself, meaning unburden yourself with the expectation that, you know, you have to be accepted by your family, right? Because we have to be real with ourselves. Sometimes, I mean, I always tell my clients at the end of the day, um, if someone wants to feel a way about you, how we talked about self-fulfilling prophecies, they're going to feel that way. No matter what you do, no matter what behaviors you have, right? If they want to perceive you that way, remember that's going back to the core beliefs and looking for things or certain plans. They are going to see you that way. So with that being said, that means that you essentially have no power, no control of how other people see and interpret things. Only thing you do is have power over you know, yourself and how you interpret things or whatnot. So it's important to separate your beliefs from other people's beliefs. And I always tell my clients when we work, when I work with some of my clients who struggle with some of these concepts, I say, I teach them to say, not my stuff. You know, when somebody comes to me, for example, if somebody's insecure, right? I've dealt with insecure people before, you know, and it's not to judge them. We all have some sort of insecurities, but sometimes people project their own stuff onto others, which sucks, but hey, it happens, right? Someone may be questioning my, uh, I don't know, my credibility or something like that. You know, the validity of the things that I'm saying or whatnot. Um, because deep down inside, they question that stuff about their own selves, you know? So sometimes they may be projecting that onto me. And sometimes people look to validate parts of themselves. And someone may be asking me that to say like, well, this person comes across this way, but if I can give validation that proof that this person isn't all that great either, it will make me feel better about myself. So sometimes people relate to you from an unhealthy place too. And they're trying to soothe some part and regulate some part of themselves in their best efforts if it's seemingly, um, you know, it's offensive to us. But remembering having that duality and understanding, you know, things are way more nuanced. And just to remember that you have to separate yourself from other people. What this person says to me has absolutely more to do with them. Unburden yourself with the responsibility to prove to other people even, you know, that you are who you say you are you know, and how you feel is important because at the end of the day, all that matters is how you feel about yourself. Um, so if there's other people, um, relate to you in a way, I just want the main thing I want you to understand to be able to do is differentiate between yourself and your family of origin or whatever group you are part of and realizing that that has no bearing over who you are and don't give people that much control over you right? You cannot give people that much control over you and your emotional well-being. Because at the end of the day, as I've said many times before, I know it can be hard because with families, this is the people that you grew up with, right? And that probably raised you and nurtured you to be who you are. But sometimes those people, and I always teach clients this too, everyone doesn't know how to support you or be there for you, right? The only person that knows to do that best is yourself. So sometimes people can say harmful things and do harmful things, that is, has no bearing over who you are and what you deserve in life. So I just kind of want you guys to remember that. So the main thing, because I'm about to wrap it up, you know, I just want to do a shorter podcast today. I don't really want to get too long and go on a tangent. 
Um, but it's to remember, you can set boundaries with family members and you guys can look online, look up boundaries, how to set boundaries and start doing that. And also I want you guys to remember to, uh, well, of course, like I said, set boundaries, unburden yourself, you know, allow people to have their stuff and feel the way they do, even if they're seemingly they're projecting things onto you. In those moments, sometimes it may be helpful to pull away when you're feeling triggered so you can help yourself self-regulate and remember to tell yourself, this has absolutely everything to do with them and nothing to do with me. But however, I am not telling you to accept things and not advocate for yourself, but in those moments, focus on the things that are within your control and the things that you can do to help yourself self-regulate. And for me as a person, I'm really firm and really big on boundaries. You know, I may not have control of how this person treats me. However, I have control of how I allow or what I accept. So being remembered to set boundaries, set expectations for yourself of how you hope to be governed and what you're going to allow or whatnot. And also recognizing when you are triggered, because sometimes what happens when we're triggered, even if somebody didn't intentionally trigger us, right? I mean, it could be completely unrelated because sometimes trauma shows up in different areas of our life. This person might have said something that reminded me something in my childhood. Now, you know, I'm going off on them or something like that and has absolutely nothing to do with this person. But being able to identify, even when you get upset, if you guys can just take a moment and stop, just stop and really take a moment to yourself and get yourself back to your baseline, help yourself self-regulate and try to self-regulate and really verbalize what's going on for you. I feel upset. I always tell my clients, ask yourself, well, what's going on for me? And ask yourself, well, why this? You know, I don't believe in the word why, but what? But why sometimes just makes sense to use, right? Why Why am I so bothered right now? Well, I'm bothered because Ken questioned my ability to get to, I don't know, Fort Worth on time or something like that. So Ken asking me, Ken questioning whether or not I'll be able to find the place where I'm going to in Fort Worth, I got upset. Why is this so upsetting to me? Because it made me feel like I can't get to where I need to go, right? And then dig deeper. But why does that bother me so much that I'm now to the point feeling like, you know, this person is questioning my ability to get to where I need to go. You know, this person doesn't trust my ability to find where I need to go, um, which ideally, I mean, that, sh that wouldn't normally bother you. But if you've been, you know, you have like some traumatic experience or something that was triggering, you have to start asking yourself and dig deeper on why, 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 and keep getting, keep, asking why until you get to the deeper rooted and more often than not it's some message you receive growing up about it yourself you know maybe growing up my dad said you know every time I drove I never knew how to get anywhere on my own I don't know I never drove well right I always got lost I'm not I'm not a good driver right and then too guys these things these analogies I still get an analogy sometimes I'm not gonna lie even on the spot but anyways, just remember, sometimes it can be the smallest thing for anyone that can be triggering, right? It doesn't have to make sense if it makes sense to you. But guys, all I want you to remember in those moments, instead of engaging in to an argument or defensiveness or an emotion or a feeling, I want you to pull back and engage and dig deeper within yourself and ask yourself what's going on for me right now. And remember, guys, the biggest thing I want you to guys to get from this podcast, you know, is that, you know, going home for the holidays, I know it's going to be tough, you know, try to focus on the things that are in your control. And I think that's going to help you guys get through the holiday season if it's a triggering season for you. And remember, you can establish boundaries and you don't have to, 
And you don't have to allow anyone to have that sort of power and control over you if you don't want to. You can decide how you respond to, you know, being triggered. You can respond to, you can decide how you respond to someone treating you a certain way and what you have to do for yourself. And like I said, going back again, it's just learning to, one, identify when you're being triggered, too, um, to help yourself self-regulate, whatever that is. And you can look it up and do it online, do the research, and three, establish boundaries and four, advocate for yourself and do what you have to do to protect and safeguard yourself. Um, it doesn't have to make sense to anyone. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I don't believe in avoiding, but avoidance, but sometimes, of course, if things are just too much for you, I always tell my clients that, you know, a way, a good way to decipher whether or not something is worth engaging into, um, the emotional piece and the capacity that I give away, uh, are the emotional, the emotional uh, weight that this causes me. Is it worth what I'm about to engage in right now? Is this interacting with this person, arguing with this person, is it worth the stress that I'm going to have to endure to try to explain myself to them? And if you find yourself saying no, or ask yourself, what do I accomplish or gain out of this? That's also a great gauge of whether or not, you know, something is worth your inner peace. So guys, I'm going to wrap it up here, you know, just to keep you guys posted. Of course, the podcast was late this week. Um, I have a lot going on, but good news. I have like three clients now, guys, and I may have a fourth this week. So I'm climbing up there. So I just want to keep you guys posted on the good news. Of course, you know, I work full time. I'm a parent. I'm a single parent. I work full time. I do all these different things. So sometimes it can be a bit much for me at times, but I, you know, I pull back. But like I said, I'm committed to making sure I'm getting things done. Of course, hopefully I have more content for you guys to come. You know, if there are suggestions, just, you know, message me. Like I've said before, find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find my email address, you know, shoot me some topics that you might want me to cover or some people that may come on my podcast. However, too, if you're interested, guys, in coming to my podcast, I'm a very busy woman and that's not even on no, you know, no, you know, boasting thing, but if you set an appointment with me, we have to stick to it because I don't really have much flexibility. Anywho, there's the podcast. You guys have a good night.